You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 535 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live from State Farm Arena on this fine Saturday evening. It is a mess outside. I'm actually kind of stuck in here at this point in time because there was Monster Jam. Uh, look behind the curtain here, and Monster Jam was taking place next door at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And, and as a result, the traffic is biblical outside. So I figured I would set up shop in an old-school way and talk to you guys about what transpired this evening live from the friendly confines of my media seat. So uh, my apologies for the background noise, but uh, here we go with a breakdown of what happened on Saturday night. The Hawks got a win. By a final score of 120 to 112 over the Phoenix Suns in a game the Hawks were supposed to win. That's kind of the backdrop of this thing was that Atlanta was favored in this game uh, only by two and a half or three points in Las Vegas considering the fact that the Suns were actually off on Friday where the Hawks were in action. And as a result, this is the second night of a back-to-back for Atlanta. They, of course, lost on Friday in a close-fought game to the Pistons. Uh, and But Phoenix entered this game with 16 straight losses. A franchise record for Phoenix. Um, they've been a pretty good franchise for a long time in terms of their production and productivity, I guess, effectiveness on the court. They're obviously in a rebuild right now, but 16 straight losses before this game. And uh, during that stretch, they were minus 15.4 points per 100 possessions. That kind of tells you just how bad the Suns have been, if not for the presence of uh, the Cavs and the Knicks, and I guess to a lesser extent the Bulls. Um, Phoenix would be sort of in a tier of their own, but of course they're sort of in that firm bottom tier. This is one of the few teams in the league where the Hawks are just solidly better than the Suns, frankly, this, this season. And of course, playing at home, that kind of explains the uh, backdrop of this thing. But it was definitely a back-and-forth game throughout. We'll talk about all of what transpired here. One note, though, um, actually before this game, Lloyd Pierce talked about the fact that after the team's game on Friday night, they immediately watched part of the uh, closing period uh, in the locker room before even seeing the media last night. I wasn't aware of that, actually. Um, Pierce talked about that. That was, that was about today. They did not have a shoot-around, so it was right before the game tonight. Uh, pointed out that some of the little things that they wanted to focus on and trying to get wins in close games, that's, that is, of course, one of the things that a young team has to learn is just kind of how to win, doing little things down the stretch and kind of just these uh, veteran in- intricacies that have to take place to get a win in the NBA. They did better in this game. Pierce pointed that out after the contest. Part of that was uh, aided by Phoenix, I have to say, just not playing all that well in this spot. But still, the Hawks did what they needed to do to win the game by eight points. And we'll start at the beginning here, as we always do, on the podcast. Um, sort of a weird start after, I would probably say it was sluggish, to say the least, um, for the Hawks in this game, coming off of the back-to-back. Um, but there was a nice explosion midway through the first period where the Hawks had 11 points in 96 seconds. That included a pair of threes by Kent Bazemore and a three-point play from Torian Prince, who uh, um, actually played very well, especially in the first half of this contest, I thought. Uh, a really good start from Torian overall. He had two or three nice passes in the first quarter, pretty engaged on defense by his standards, to be sure, and 11 points in the first eight minutes of the contest for Torian. Uh, defense, though, was optional on both on both ends in the first half and really throughout the game. Um, these are two of the bottom five defenses in the league. Uh, I will say it stiffened up a little bit in the second half, but the first half especially was just a lot of offense on both sides of, of the floor including a 22-22 score after seven minutes, which is not great defensively for either team. There was one brief stretch where my uh, my uh, godson, Justin Anderson, entered the game. I actually played six minutes in the first half. Played okay, actually. It was minus 10, but that was not really his fault. It was just a lot of uh, uh, sort of battle. The entire bench was uh, kind of a mess today 
for the Hawks, other than Amari Spellman pretty late with some nice bits in the fourth quarter that we'll talk about here in a second. But um, something I wanted to point out at least is that Anderson did play a little bit. Vince Carr only played, only played a little bit as well. In fact, they cobbled together about 12 minutes between Carter and Anderson as like the, as like the fifth big of sorts. Spellman ended up playing a lot of minutes, so they kind of went half and half with Carter and Anderson. Carr didn't play until the second quarter. I thought they might not even play him at all, but he took the, uh, the stint after that. Uh, just interesting the way they covered the second half, though. It was all Spellman as sort of the uh, the fourth big man, and I wanted to point that out to everyone. Um, elsewhere in the first quarter, it was um, a 9-1 run by the Suns to take a 31-29 lead. That was probably the biggest push um, on either side, honestly, in the first quarter. But a lot of back and forth, and sort of fittingly, it was 33-33 after one after one quarter in this game. The Hawks um, didn't shoot like incredibly well in the first half, but um, turned the ball over very little. Only two turnovers in the first quarter. Didn't, didn't create any, any turnovers, though, defensively. That was kind of the problem there. The second quarter was another run by Phoenix to go up by six points to open things up. But from there, it was a lot of the Hawks. Um, it was an 8-0 run by Atlanta to tie the game at 47-47. It was uh, about as boring of a run as you'll ever see in the NBA, though. It's kind of funny. Six free throws and a layup by, by Dwayne Debman uh, contributed to that 8-0 run. So it's one of those things where if you didn't notice during the game, you probably wouldn't have noticed unless you just looked at the box score like I have to do in dissecting those games. But an 8-0 run that took forever, about a three-minute run without only one field goal. Kind of a pretty funny, uh, I guess, run in quotation marks there. But there was a, an, an actual run coming shortly thereafter that when the Hawks went on a 14-2 spin um, including nine points from Kent Bazemore in that 14-2 run. That gave them the lead by seven points. Uh, in the middle of that, there was an absolutely crazy uh, <laughs> bounce pass alley-oop attempt from Trey Young to Dwayne Dedman. It did not connect, but Dedman bailed him out a little bit by getting, getting to the ball. He did miss the reverse layup. That would have been a sort of a circus shot from Dedman, but at the end of that possession, the Hawks did score. I actually asked uh, Lloyd Pierce about uh, about his reaction to that uh, in the post-game press conference. You might have seen it on, on, the, on the broadcast, but Pierce kind of laughed it off and just basically said you know, he referred to Friday night uh, and the crazy highlight pass that um, Trey Young did have with, with his ball handling. I think uh, it was a situation where the Hawks won this game. There wasn't a lot of uh, pushback on that. I will say it was probably a little bit outlandish for Trey Young to, to try like an all-star game level bounce pass alley-oop with a guy in, 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 in the play. It wasn't like a fast break where it was like a two-on-none. There was a player uh, defending the play, so it was kind of aggressive from Young, but I guess you kind of take the good with the bad, and he was uh, he's definitely not shy about passing the ball, and his passing is, of course, elite level. So I think Pierce kind of laughed it off and just kind of said that's kind of my point guard and all that fun stuff, but just want to at least put that out there that it was it was certainly the biggest play in terms of uh, social media impact in this contest was that failed alley-oop, although the Hawks did score on that possession. Um, all told, though, in the first half, the Hawks took a four-point lead into halftime. It was a pretty good half for uh, I would say a pretty good half for Kent Bazemore and John Collins, who both had 15 sorry, fifteen points for Bazemore, 12 and 7 for Collins, but a great half from Torian Prince. I think the best half he's had in a long time. 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and no turnovers for Prince before halftime. He was very, very good. We'll talk more about him later. But as an offense, the Hawks didn't shoot the ball incredibly well in the first half. 47% from the floor, only four turnovers, and seven offensive rebounds. So they created extra possessions more than they gave them away. That's a good way to have a 124 offensive rating. And defensively, they did enough to uh, prevent the Suns from keeping the, keeping things uh, afloat on their end of the floor. But, you know, still only up, only up by four. Kind of felt like the Hawks should be up by more than that. And as a result of that, Phoenix was able to hang around the entire game. Um, the third quarter was kind of an ugly start for Atlanta, uh, especially with, with some turnovers and some ugly play early on. 
There was a really bad sequence from Trey Young where he missed a bad, he missed a pull up three pretty badly. Didn't even draw rim on it, and then uh, kind of frustrated a little bit. Didn't get back on defense and allowed a layup. Um, but I will say, uh, to his credit, he responded quickly from that. Had four points in succession, and then found Dwayne Debman for a uh, a nice kickout three. In fact, Debman was really good early in the third quarter. He was kind of the only guy that was flying around. Had eight points in the first seven minutes of the third, including two follow up dunks. I thought he was very good in this game over, overall. Um, and also later in the, in the third quarter, I thought Kent Bazemore had a couple of big shots. And throughout the game, uh, he was kind of the guy who made those big shots for the Hawks. In fact, Pierce praised Bazemore for kind of being their engine in this game. Um, Bazemore has not had too many of those games recently because he was coming off the bench, of course, with Kevin Herter um, in the starting lineup. Herter, Herter missed this game after uh, missing yesterday's game as well with a sore ankle. We'll see, how, we'll see if he plays on Monday. That was uh, sort of up in the air as of uh, earlier tonight. But Bazemore, I thought, played great. We'll come back to him as well. But a couple of big shots there late in the third quarter. He had 23 points through, through three quarters for Bazemore. Um, Still, the third quarter overall was not great for Atlanta. They, they lost 28-23 to in the third, and they shot the ball 39% from the floor and five turnovers, so not great in terms of the overall uh, output. In fact, it was the only quarter that the Hawks lost in this game. Spoiler right there. Uh, but to the fourth quarter we go. A 9-0 run, though, by Phoenix to close the third and open the fourth. That put the Hawks in their biggest deficit of the second half, down by eight. It was 94-86. They, they, they did go back to the starting lineup, and that was kind of the key, was the starters were just great in this game overall. But during that during that cold spell, Atlanta didn't score for almost four minutes. That was brutal. It was back and forth there from, from that point forward almost the entire way. But there was a 12-2 overall run from the Hawks so with about six minutes to go. That sort of began there um, when, when, they were, when they were down by eight. But Amari Spellman sort of keyed that with a corner three that he made. At, he was really wide open. I'm not really sure what happened there um, for Phoenix. They, they kind of had some bad communication, left Amari wide open. He knocked that down. And then uh, shortly thereafter, got to, got to the rim and finished a bucket for a potential three-point play. He actually missed the free throw, but it was still a big big swing um, keyed by Amari Spellman. And a 12-2 overall run by the Hawks to take the lead. A big three from Trey Young during that run to prompt a timeout. Um, and then after that, Collins hit two free throws to go up to uh, put, put, the, put them back in the lead after that break. From that point forward, um, a really bad call. I wanted to point out that Collins was called for a brutal charge um, down the stretch. The Hawks, though, the Hawks, though, were uh, able to get some stops down the stretch. Had three straight stops. Three, three straight stops, I should say. Devin Booker was also a missed call. I thought. I thought the Hawks fouled Booker. Maybe that was sort of an evening, evening out the uh, missed call on Collins. But that was one that went, call, went uncalled. And then Torian Prince made a huge play uh, with a potential three-point play to get to the rim with about 209 remaining to go up by five points. Missed one of the free throws because, but he got an extra one because um, Igor, Igor Kakash from the Suns, their head coach was called for a technical foul, I think arguing about the uh, Devin Booker non-call, but still. Um, Phoenix did score on the next trip with Booker making free throws, but from that point forward, it was all Hawks. Um, Prince got to the line, made one of two. The Hawks then got two stops in a row. Trey Young missed a floater that would have sort of been a dagger of sorts, but Mikhail Bridges missed a wide-open quarter of three. It was probably the biggest miss shot of the game. It was a catch-and-shoot that would have kept Phoenix engaged and involved in the game, and he missed that one. And then after a timeout from the Hawks, Deadman finished a dunk to go up by six. They got a stop on the other end. That was kind of the end of that. So on the way to the 120 to 112, Final score. Uh, overall, the offense was just solid to good. I thought, you know, big picture, the first half was great offensively. The second half was not so was not so great. Still ended up with a 113 offensive rating, though, which is good enough to win on most nights. Definitely better than what the Hawks have been on the whole this season. Uh, didn't shoot it great, though. 41% from the floor, 36% from three. It's just okay. Got to the line 38 times. That's what you definitely want to see from the Hawks, some aggressiveness. It was um, almost all three guys. Collins got to the line 10 times, Young 12 times, and Prince 9 times. That's very encouraging. Those guys being aggressive, attacking the rim, getting to the line, and the Hawks made 32 of those 38 attempts. That was big and uh, allowing them to score efficiently. 
assist, only 22 assists, and Pierce referenced the fact that those were, those were a little bit down. He doesn't love that about the offense, but at the same time, uh, only 13 turnovers, sorry, only 14 turnovers, which is um, not incredibly uh, great for any, any NBA team, but for the Hawks, who are the worst team in the league, and turning it over, that is actually significant progress, so wanted to point that out as well. Defensively, they were not outstanding, but Phoenix definitely helped them out a little bit in the second half. And the overall numbers are pretty good. Uh, one of the better nights for the Hawks in, in recent memory in terms of the uh, per-possession basis, a 105.8 defensive rating. That is much better than their overall uh, number for the season. So you, you have to take that if you're a Hawks fan. Uh, 12 turnovers uh, caused, and they held, uh, for the most part, held the Suns in check. Devin Booker got, got his with 26 points. Tyler Johnson, though, had a huge game. 29 points um, at, at, for the new point guard. I said that in quotation marks. He's probably not a point guard purely, but um, he was pretty good in this game. Otherwise, though, uh, Bridges and uh, Kelly Oubre combined to shoot 7 of 29. That was huge in uh, Phoenix losing this game. Honestly, if those guys had just had a decent game, they'd probably win on the road even, but that's how things go. Um, young guys have bad games, and that's when it's going to happen. Uh, I guess pretty much any situation. So um, we, we, we will, of course, get to the individual play in a moment here, but I do want to take a moment to remind everyone to subscribe to the podcast. Please take a look at the entire Locked On Podcast Network, but especially this show, please tell your friends about it. Subscribe on a number of platforms if you want to, but especially find one, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn Radio or Spotify, Google Play, Overcast, Plenty of, plenty of different options. I am personally an Apple Podcast guy, but that's not for everybody, I understand. So just find the one that, uh, that you like the most. Hopefully we will be there. If we are not there, please let me know that at Hawks or at BT Rolling on Twitter. I'll get that fixed. But please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. I would be very, very grateful if you do that. And we'll, we'll be back again in just one second talking about the individual players in this game. Okay, we're back to talk about the individual players. And uh, definitely an interesting spot. The, the bench was not good as a whole, and the starters were great. So we'll start on the bench first. The one guy who was a bright spot off the bench was Mari Spellman, especially in the fourth quarter. He was uh, he was the guy who played the most as well, played some crunch time minutes, nine points, three rebounds, an assist, and a steal, and a block for Amari in 22 minutes. I didn't think he was great in the first half, but I thought he played better in the fourth quarter, brought, brought some energy, he had a huge block on his uh, college teammate, Mikhail Bridges. That was a memorable moment where he uh, sort of pinned him against the glass. That was a fun one from Amari. Uh, good energy, though. He had a couple of guys, you know, I think Torian Prince specifically mentioned uh, Amari's contributions, a couple of guys that... Um, we're talking about how much he uh, impressed and how much he, how much they, they needed his play in the fourth quarter. So that was a nice stretch to see from Amari Spellman. Um, elsewhere on the bench, Bembry had, had a pretty good game, all things considered. Five points, six rebounds, two assists, and a block shot. There was some joking going on uh, between the big men of the Hawks and uh, them getting some rebounds stolen from them. There was kind of a famous one at the end of the game where Trey Young and Joy Devin were laughing about it. Um, but Trey sort of snagged the, uh, the last rebound to take that one away, away from Devin. So there was some good nature and fun after a win. That was a fun one. But Bembry had six rebounds in this spot and 19, 19 minutes played, I should say, for Bembry. I thought, he, I thought he was pretty good all things considered. Um, elsewhere, though, the other guys on the bench were not great. Uh, Vince Carter, six minutes, did not score. Plus three, but just didn't do much of anything. Uh, only, only, played, only played the one stint. Alex Flynn was sort of a non-factor against his old team. 13 minutes, 0-2 from the floor. Zero points, one rebound, and one assist. I didn't think he was just so bad, but I just didn't have much of an impact. Jalen Adams struggled mightily, I would say. 14 minutes, minus five. Didn't score 0-1 from the floor, two rebounds and an assist, and two turnovers for Adams. I think at the moment for Jalen, he's just a little bit overwhelmed, it seems. Um, I, you know, It's one of those things where he probably shouldn't be playing rotation minutes in the NBA, and I've always liked Jalen Adams. I think he's a someone who probably could have an NBA future, potentially as a backup point guard, but at the moment, he probably isn't an NBA quality rotation player, but he's the only option the Hawks have behind Trey Young, so they're going to give him, they're gonna sort of give him a long leash, I think, for the most part. I think if the Hawks were trying to win this game uh, at all costs and it was a playoff scenario, he probably wouldn't have played much in this game because he just didn't have much going and defensively he's sort of a liability right now. 
but I'm okay with him trying him and playing him because uh, you know he's a guy they like enough to sign a two-way contract, so might as well give him, uh, give him some chances. And of course, he didn't cost him the game here, but I think Adams is probably uh, the weak link in terms of the rotation at this moment. And then Anderson played six minutes, just the one stretch, and uh, not too much to say about that or the fact that it was good to see him play. If you're someone like me who's been wanting to see more of just Anderson. Uh, the starters, though, were actually good across the board. I asked Lloyd Pierce about that after the game. He praised his guy, especially Baysmore. We'll start there with Bays. Uh, 23 points uh, to tie, tie with Trey Young for the team high. Um, 55 rebounds, four Bays, uh, two steals, a block, and an assist. Didn't score in the fourth quarter, but it was kind of quiet, just all things considered. Just kind of was uh, being a secondary guy in the fourth quarter. But had hit five threes, uh, 9-19th on the floor, efficient, productive, good defender as usual, plus 11. And by the way, all five starters were at least uh, plus 11 or more. And that was uh, pretty impressive from this group in this game. Um, elsewhere, Trey Young, 23 points as well. Eight assists for Trey against two turnovers. That's what you want to see. Four to one ratio. You love that uh, if you are a Hawks fan. Didn't shoot it great. Five of 14 from the floor, which is not great by any means, but got to the line 12 times. Made 11 of those. That, help, that helps with efficiency quite a bit. You're going to have nights if you're Trey Young where you don't shoot it great, but uh, he, he was able to get, get to the line and sort of help out his efficiency. Two of six from, from three is fine as well. And I thought Trey's offense was good. Defensively, he is a problem, as he, as he usually is. He got cooked up by Anderson a little bit. Uh, sorry, by, by, by Johnson a little bit, I should say. But it's one of those things where he's going he's gonna to make a lot of plays for you, and they clearly, they clearly needed him, to, needed him to, to create offense in this game. He was able to do that um, for the most part. Dwayne Debbin, I thought, was fantastic. 18 points, 8 rebounds, 6 block shots to tie his career high, 2 assists and a steal. He was in good spirits after the game, kind of laughing it up about um, about the uh, bounce pass alley-oop especially. But he is also the Hawks' newly appointed, or I guess recently appointed, technical foul free throw shooter. I mentioned this last night as well, but it's just kind of funny and wild to see a starting center take technical foul free throws and do it regularly. He's now the guy for the Hawks in that, in that, in that aspect. Devin isn't a fantastic free throw shooter. Um, he's a pretty good one, obviously. Uh, this year, he's sitting at 86%, which is probably a little bit over his head, but, you know, he's very good at the free throw line. He's got a nice stroke, and it's just kind of crazy to see him do that. But the block shots were not a coincidence. He was playing great defensively and made a huge impact on the game. Um, Torian Prince overall kind of struggled efficiency-wise. Um, 6-15 from the floor. That was... Um, you know, not what you want to see necessarily, but got to the line nine times, just like Trey. Good to see him get um, get, get to the line and be productive. Two six from three, 21 points, eight rebounds, four assists, three steals, four prints. I mentioned before, but he had a great first half. I thought it was, I thought it was his, best, his best half in a while. It was kind of the full experience, though, for Trey Young. I mean, sorry, for, for Troy and Prince, because in the third quarter, I thought he was pretty bad. And then for part of the fourth quarter as well, but then he kicked it on and it, it made, made a couple big plays in the fourth quarter. And the Hawks don't win this game without his contribution. So uh, good to see Torian have a pretty good game, all things considered. Even with nine missed shots, he was, uh, able, to, he was able to contribute in a number of ways. Lloyd Pierce praised his defense, actually, after the game. I thought it was a pretty good game for Torian. Uh, defensively as well, he had some he had some moments where he was uh, bad Torian, but for the most part was dialed in defensively. He's better. He's always been better when, when he's on the ball, and they put him on Devin Booker at times. In this game, Prince is someone who just falls asleep off the ball and doesn't really use his tools very well off the ball. But when he's on the ball, he's always been a little bit better, and we saw that in this game. Um, last but not least, John Collins. Only 10 attempts from the floor and only made four of them, so not great there. But 10 of 10 from the line is great to see from John. Efficient, as he uh, usually is, 19 points, 14 rebounds to lead everyone in the entire game. Two assists for, for Collins as well. And uh, plus 19, a game-best number. I didn't think he was, like, individually fantastic. You know, there weren't too many plays that stand out to me in terms of just him making a huge impact on his own. But just kind of doing what, just kind of doing what Collins does, leading the entire game and rebounding. 
It's good to see because he's not been uh, all over the place in the glass. Oh, something I forgot, actually forgot to mention about Torian Prince's game was the eight, was the eight rebounds. Lloyd Pierce even mentioned sort of unprompted during his postgame address that Prince only had 25 rebounds in the last 10 games. That is a full-blown weakness for Prince is that he's kind of a bad defensive rebounder, a really a rebounder in general for someone at the three, and he probably should be a good one given his size, but good to see him get on the glass here, and of course Collins was the, was the leader in that regard, but Atlanta did a good job on the glass, only allowed Phoenix to offensive rebound 13.6% of their misses, that is a fantastic number on the defensive glass, and that was a huge part of uh, sort of closing possessions, you always have to rebound, and it's a good thing to see, and Collins was sort of the head of the class on that, and I thought he played pretty well, all things considered. So, that's a lot of information, as it usually is, I know I'm sort of flying around here, um, just as a as a programming note on the podcast, I'm going to have at least one um, one extra podcast this week. Um, the Hawks do play again on Monday night against the Houston Rockets on the road. I will, of course, have the recap podcast of that game, as I always do. I'm planning to record a pod on Sunday, um, hopefully with a guest. That's, uh, that's, that's at least the plan, so fingers crossed on that. That will post Monday morning, so I'll have four straight days of podcast content because after that, I have to travel this week for my day job, which I guess if you're a new listener of the podcast, I still have a day job, which is unfortunate in some ways, but it will keep me away from the two home games this week, Wednesday and Friday. I will not be in a tent for either one of those games, so it's going to be sort of a patchwork week on the podcast. Only happens probably two or three times a year in terms of just um, stretches where I'm not necessarily dialed in in the way that I normally would be. I'll be watching, I'll be monitoring, but not in the same way that I would be if I was in the building. So one of those things that's going to happen, but we will. I'll keep you up to date on the programming note, but at the very, very latest, we'll have a podcast Tuesday morning, and I'm planning to have a podcast for Monday morning that I'll record on Sunday afternoon. So please stay tuned for that. Please subscribe to the podcast. I was just asking ask that one more time. Subscribe, rate, and review. It does huge things for the podcast. Also, tell a friend. If you have a Hawks fan friend that you know likes the team a lot and that uh, follows the team, watches the team, pass along the podcast. Just try it once. If they don't like it, that's, to- that's totally cool. But if they, uh, if they latch on, I will uh, be in your debt forever. So thank you for listening to the podcast, everybody. And we'll see you later on in the week.